Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zook. It is another awesome day for another awesome episode of How to Become Next on Scene in your field of business or in your passion. Before I bring on my amazing guest for the day, I always like to start with a marketing tip to get your week started and a self-care tip to keep your week going. This topic has come up numerous times, and I thought it was really, really important to bring it up as I deal with it with a lot of clients and people I've worked with over the years. Um, Whether people like or comment on your post, they are watching. And it's really, really important to acknowledge that and accept it because I have seen so many clients that end up getting business from people that never liked or commented on the post, but had seen what they were doing for a while or even a one-off. And we're really impressed with what they were sharing. So it's really important to show up whether there's traction or not, because the numbers don't lie when you check your analytics. And like, if you get your accounts reached and you're checking your individual views, like that many people are seeing your content. People are just lazier and not pressing the like button and not leaving a comment, but they're absolutely watching you. So don't forget that. And please, please continue to show up. It is going to be worth it. My self-care tip of the day is I really feel like relative to the marketing topic, we're all really hard on ourselves when it comes to marketing. And I feel like you have to set realistic goals and know that what you're doing works, right? Like even if it's you're posting once a week when you're starting out and you're doing it minimally, if it's not authentic to get things out there, do not do it at all. Um, it's so much better to wait until it feels authentic and you can create a plan around it. And the thing to acknowledge too is if you're not showing up, somebody in your industry is taking your business. So it's really, really important to set aside the emotions and know that whatever you're putting out is exactly what it should be. The people will align with you at the right moment and for the right reasons. Now I'm really excited to share my amazing guest with you who is coming back on the podcast today, the amazing Allie Joyce. She is a top producing real estate agent in the Boston and greater Boston area. She was recently quoted by Boston Magazine, which is so exciting. We talk all about today what's happening with the real estate market after a record-breaking spring and summer, things that you should really like keep an eye out for when it comes to the real estate market, and so much more. So stay tuned for the amazing Allie Joyce. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. Welcome back to Becoming Next On Scene, everybody. I'm so excited to be back here with the amazing top producing agent in Boston and Greater Boston, Allie Joyce. Hi, Allie. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Jackie. Thank you so much for having me. Always love having you. You're a you're ball of knowledge, Allie. Always sharing <laughs> so many good things. So can you tell us, I know recently, like in your content, you're constantly talking about structures and asbestos and all these things that come up with your clients, especially uh, with the siding. So can you talk more about like what's really trending when people are home buying right now that's coming up? Well, I think like what's happening is that this, depending on where you're buying, it's especially this spring and summer, it was a really, really challenging market. And it was difficult for buyers to be able to do the type of due diligence they normally do when looking for a home because there was so much waiving home instructions, waiving financing, 
putting an offer sight unseen just because there was a frenzy with this increased demand and lack of inventory. So what I always encourage my buyers to do, and even more so now, is, you know, especially if we don't have much negotiating power, even after doing an inspection, is to do all of our due diligence up front. So we need to know everything that we can smell and see with our eyes, hopefully not taste, but all these all of our senses, like. And part of that is understanding the structure, you know, depending on what siding you have, you're going to have different costs associated with that. Um, If you're buying an older home, you need to really evaluate the structure. Everything can be solved within a home. It's just a matter of how much time and money do you want to invest in it? And is the house itself worth that to you? Um, So, and a lot of time home buyers don't understand the costs going into this um, or will get easily spooked at an inspection when things are you know standard and need to be fixed. So in this market, I've just been trying to really, really, and, and always, but especially in this market, just really make sure that we're doing our due diligence during the showing so that we are submitting all of that. When we submit an offer, we know, they already know what they're in for. And in terms of like how far in advance should people start thinking about selling or buying a house? Can you talk more about that too? Because if they're thinking about taking on the investigating of the house of what's needed, like how far in advance should that process be started? Well, it's a great question. I would say it's never too soon to start, um, even if you're a year or more out. Because if you're selling a home, there are things you need to do to prep your home. And it's often a lot of little things. And it's not something that most people, given our busy schedules, can get done in a single weekend. So, and for home buying, um, again, I would say the same time, like, you know, start talking to someone a year out and feel free to start looking at property. You need context in order to make this decision especially if we're going to have another market like we did last year, we're going 100,000, 200,000. I've had clients go 500,000 over asking. And you need to make those decisions really quickly. And you can't make those decisions really quickly unless you've seen enough property, or at least that's how most people are. So I would say, you know, a year out is a great time to start. I've talked to people who you know think they're six months out and then wait a year and then wait another year and and it's completely fine. I'm in it for the long game and timing is really your own. Um, so never too soon. Yeah, no, good answer. And then also too seasonally, you know, because I obviously the spring and summer market was so big. Like, what is really like your suggestion as the expert, like should people really gauge towards putting their house on the market in that time? Or should they, if they're ready to put it on in the fall, winter, like just put it on, like what's your suggestion about that? So it always depends on their personal situation and also what the market is doing. But standard, I would say um, we're very cyclical in Massachusetts because of our strong ties to the school systems and the education. So early spring is typically the best time to get out there, like think April, May, June um, in terms of selling. Now, when you're buying um, April, May, June is when you're going to have the most inventory to choose from. It's also when you're going to have the most competition. 
So when you're buying, always keep your eyes and ears peeled um, for properties that you can make work. If that works, you know, like in your lease cycle, ideally you can move to a month to month lease um, after, you know, after your year runs up, if you can negotiate that with your landlord. Hmm, super good. And let's talk about the Allie Joyce process. Because <laughs> Allie has a special okay. process. So let's walk through the steps of like, how does Allie work with a client? So tell us everything. Um, well, I guess I would say that it always starts with a consultation, whether you're a buyer or a seller. I like to set some ground rules, set your expectations so that you know what to expect in the transaction. So you know how I support my clients, make sure that we're a mutually good fit. And for buyers, um, the next step would be, you know, to make sure that they get a pre-approved and then we'll re-engage after that and start looking at property and look at as much property as they need to until they feel comfortable. And with sellers, um, you know, usually the consultation is going to happen in person. We're going to have initial meeting where I go through the house. I'm going to look at it with a fine tooth comb, ask a lot of questions, and then present a detailed market analysis at our second meeting. And then once we decide to work together as sellers, then we'll talk about preparing the home because preparing the home visually is incredibly important. Most home buyers really like 90, the statistic is like 97%. I don't know what the other 3% are doing, but 97% are looking online. Like Lord only knows what the rest of the 3% are doing. They're not finding homes. Um, So um, they're looking online and we have 15 seconds before someone moves on visually immediately. So it's very important that we create a space that is universally appealing. That usually means just limiting what you have there. Um, You want enough furniture to anchor the space, but you want it to be actually sparse enough so someone can visualize themselves there. And so once we do that, then it's up to the homes, it's up to the seller to how, when they can get there and I can provide resources to help, but it's, it's up to them, whatever they can get the process going. And sometimes I'll talk to a seller, maybe, you know, in the winter and they're planning to sell in the spring. So the market analysis will be based on, yeah. So we'll have to review exactly. We'll re-review the market analysis right before we list um, to make sure that we're still competitive and priced in a way to maximize our exposure. Right. And so since you and I have met, like you're now at William Ravis, you were Boston Magazine's like top producing agent, like all the exciting things, Allie. So can you share too about like from where you started to where you are now, like what advice do you have to people in your industry, like to really get to where you are? Because I think that's something to be really proud of. Thank you. You always make me feel good. Um, so, <laughs> so I guess I would say hunker down. The first year is hard. It's really hard and um, you're not going to get that much business. That was my personal experience. If you knock it out of the park, your first year, new agents, you are amazing. Call <laughs> me, tell me your tricks. Um, but my personal experience was that I didn't have that much activity. Um, I didn't have that many transactions my first year. And, but I just focused on my activity. I focused on building out like a sphere and starting to get comfortable with marketing myself and doing all these little steps that led to 
you know, to deals and creating momentum. And so my uncle would always tell me, you know, a building was built one brick at a time. So if you're doing the right little things, the big things are going to come. All you can control are doing the little things right. And, you know, you might send out postcards to the same 100 people and they'll never give you a deal. But all of a sudden, you're getting deals from elsewhere. So there's kind of, I don't know if it's, you know, a law like in the universe, like you're you're putting things out there, you're doing the work and it's going to come to you. It might come to you in different ways, but it will come to you. So keep doing the things that you're doing. Um, new agents, you know, build out your marketing, take those little steps, even if you see no results, because you're going to see results eventually. And I think that's the hardest thing mentally. Mm-hmm. I love that analogy. That's so good. Cause it's like, you can't always expect what you put out to directly come back the same way. I totally. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So on point. Okay. I want to talk more about how you're actually an introvert, which I find hilarious because <laughs> like Allie's such a social butterfly, but like, oh I know like God. you also are like becoming a mom, which by the way, to anybody who doesn't know, this is like really exciting for Allie. So like the transition of like, like, how are you feeling? And like, how is this introversial, like lifestyle from being out and about? Like, talk more about that with us. It's so funny. So, okay. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't know that about me because I come across as very like social and like extroverted and I'm comfortable talking to new people. So I always, um, call myself more of like an extroverted introvert. Cause I really prefer, isn't that a thing, by the way? Isn't that actually like a title? Like, it is a thing. Yeah. I think it's a thing. So yeah. um, like I didn't make it up. It's a thing. Um, so I really prefer like one-on-one interactions. Like I prefer like small and intimate things versus like big like parties. Like I'm, I would rather like have a one-on-one conversation with like the grandma in the room than like, you know be the person who's like commanding the room, but I can command the room, like if the opportunity seizes it. So, and if I want to, but I think especially like in this business where I'm on, you know, so to speak, quote unquote on like all the time with clients that in my personal life, I'm really much more um, subdued with motherhood and like being pregnant. Like I totally, um, was like hermiting. I just, I was so sick my first trimester. I, it was horrible. So I was just, you know, curling up on the couch and complaining to my husband. (laughs) (laughs) But now you're feeling better. I am. I'm feeling so much better. Thank God. And everyone said it would happen. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm happy for you. And also too, like no. this story, because like we chatted earlier before the session, but I really respected, like you were driving to meet a client and you got sick, but you still went after Like, can you talk about that yeah. story? Because like the hustle doesn't oh stop God. the pregnant mama. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's I so true. It. So it's like in between showings and this is when I was like still getting really sick and like, Lord only know, but I was, I was throwing up like a lot and I would throw up when I ate certain things. I would throw up if I didn't eat enough. I threw up if I drank water, I threw up like just everything. Nothing worked. Just nothing worked. I threw up when I, when I opened the fridge, um, the fridge was like a scary place for me. (laughs) And so I just was, 
I was driving and like, it had happened to me a few times, but I was able to wait until I got to my destination. But this time I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm not going to be able to make it. And um, I was, for anyone who knows Boston, I was driving on Blue Hill Ave, which is a busier street. It's like, it's like, you know, three, in some parts of it's three lanes, both sides across. And like, you know, people drive pretty fast and there's, there's no sidewalks really at the side I was on. I was like on the side of like the Franklin Park Zoo. And so they had like a little close off where it was like not where cars were supposed to go, but (laughs) <laughs> I just was like, I, to go anyway. I went, I just was like, I'm going to throw up. And like, if someone pulls me over, then like, I think you'll tell them you're pregnant. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, I start just, you know, throwing, throwing up. And for anyone who's like been pregnant or like experienced, it's very, like, I've never thrown up like this, like in my life. Like it's like from my toes, like through my like eyeballs, like, but, um, and so it was like kind of like at people, it's a really, really busy street for people who know it, but people were like stopping and like checking in on me. And it was actually really nice. I was like, oh, let's just say like the city doesn't have a nice community. No, so true. Well, that was a great was funny. Yeah. And then off to my next showing, you know, like, hey, yeah, I'm good. Everything's fine. Hit a bit of traffic. Oh my God. Hilarious. I know. So it was crazy. You made it through though. That's why I wanted to talk about it because like. I did. I did. And I like snapped out of it and, and just went home, uh, you know, after it was all done and. I gave you so much credit. Had some crackers. Yeah. (laughs) Crackers and isn't it like saltines or something? Saltines. Yeah. But then I developed like an aversion for them. So I was like a pretzels (laughs) girl and I developed like an aversion for like everything. That's hilarious. So now now you can eat everything though, right? That's what you were saying. Yes. Pretty much. Pretty much. I guess things still smell like sensitive weird like but I can eat yeah I'm like eating more normal so Yay. that's, that's yeah really totally I just like I wanted to share the importance of that story because like pregnancy should not stop like what you do right, right. Like, that's that's so important to share because I feel like people like your whole life changes right like your emotions your hormones your body like but like at least you can you can control like your career to an extent right and I think that's important to share so thank you. Definitely. It's so true. So, and it's, I just have so much more respect for like moms out there. Like you just, like, you know, but living it is so different. different. Oh my God. Well, you'll look back and tell your kid one day that I went through this for you. Like, this yeah, totally. I, I will. You put me through this. It's all. Yeah, mom. exactly. So cute. <laughs> I want to talk more to you about fun facts about Allie. So for people who don't know, you're an avid crocheter. So are you crocheting now for the nursery? Like, what are you working on? I, I know, right? I, yeah, so I picked it up during COVID. I always, like, my great-grandmother taught me when I was young. And then I picked it up during COVID and, or re-picked it up. And so, yeah, I love to crochet. I find it, like, super relaxing. Um, I am, I'm working on like a blanket and it's like white with different like kind of baubles on it like different color baubles yeah so it's pretty cute it's like just white and like pastels pink blue green yellow love it and that's what you want to do in the room too right yes totally yeah so because I'm not like finding out 
the sex. So until it's born. So I'm just going to do like every, I'm not into like gray for a baby's room. Although I think that can look cute. I just like color personally. So I'm just going to do all pastels, you know, and once the baby arrives, I'll kind of like emphasize like one color or the other. I love it. So I think pastels can be totally gender neutral, which I think is so good. I think so. Like if you do like an equal amount of like all four of those colors. Right. And then this is also such a fun fact for people who don't know about you, but your in-laws are in Ireland. So are they so excited? Is this like their, this is not their first grandchild. No, it's not. It'll actually be their fourth. Oh, so cute. I know. Um, But yeah, they're so thrilled. We're going to visit them again in December. And yeah, they're super, super excited. And wait, I want you to share this story because I was fascinated by it about how even though you got morning sickness when you went to Ireland, you didn't get sick at all. Oh, yeah. I didn't talk about like the food and water in Europe. Like what is going on? I know. I know. Honestly, like um, they do have like a higher standard of food than we do. So they say. Yeah. And so I did, it was funny because I talked to uh, my doctor about it and she, so I spoke to Erin Carol Manning actually, and she thought it was because of the food. And that's what I thought too, the quality of food, especially in Ireland, because you know where the food comes from. Like it comes from that country. It's all, it actually is farmed. farmed. It actually is farm raised. Like, and Ireland is only the size of Maine. That's, it's not a big country. So to us, that's local. You know, I mean, we say it's local getting oranges from Florida. Right. So, um, <laughs> that's a good point, though. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah. So, and, but then my doctor kind of like put a damper on that. And she said that it was sometimes like when you have to, like your body, like the adrenaline in your body, like makes you like, okay. Like when you mentally like have to, which I guess is interesting, like in it itself. Is. Because I was very, I was like deathly ill when so the second crazy. I landed, like back home. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. We need, we need all their restrictions and things in America. I know. Like, seriously. Such healthier lifestyles. Like so crazy. Crazy. I know. It's so true. So Allie, how can people reach out before play game time? How can they reach out for a consultation and get in touch and follow on social media? So um, best way to reach out to me is via my cell, uh, 339-237-0783. Definitely shoot me a text or if you call, leave a voicemail just because I get so many calls. If it's a missed call, I might miss it. But on Instagram, I'm at Joyce one A-L-I-J-O-I-C-E-1. And then you can always email me at Allie at AllieJoyce.com. So there's very no easy. excuse not to get a hold of me. Exactly. All easily. those ways. Very easily accessible. I love yes. it. Yes. So fun. Okay. So Allie, what are your what are goals for yourself over the next six months to a year? So I think um, so right now I'm in the process of building on a team. So that's a big goal is to kind of get that in place where I feel good about the teammate, the team people feel good about it, the team members. <laughs> um, and I want to, so I do about 25 million a year. So since I'm having a baby, I want to take a step back, maintain right? that or increase it. You know, like I'm not someone who throws out like a number, you know, I, I can't like, I don't, that doesn't like motivate me because I, 
I'm not going to force a sale on someone just to force a sale. Um, I always look at it in terms of the long game. I want to keep the client for the long term. So um, I think just building out the team, maintaining or increasing my income with the team and figuring out like a good balance with baby. I think those are really my goals. They're good goals, like super good goals. Are you guys going to take the baby to Ireland? (laughs) Like is the goal like to take the baby or is the family coming in or like what is Great question. So I want David's mother to come in. We have a wedding um, that we're invited to in July. Now the baby's born in March. So like, I don't know, that seems stressful to me. David seems fine with it. So (laughs) jury's out. We'll see what happens. But we will get to Ireland eventually. And ideally like David's mother will stay with us as well. Like when the baby's first born. So that's so exciting. We'll see how that all works out. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I'm totally sure. Definitely. So where's like a bucket list place you want to go to when you can start really traveling outside of the normal? Um, so I'm dying to go to Egypt. Cool. What's there? Yeah. Tell me why. Um, well, so I like the idea that like I can have both like a relaxing vacation, like lounge in like a beautiful like hotel that has a pool or something. And then also like do lots of cool sightseeing. So I'd love to see the pyramids and like, you know, experience in person, all the history that Egypt has to offer. So that's like a major one on my bucket list. So cool. What is that? How long is that by flight? I have no idea. I'm so I did look into it for my honeymoon, but um, David vetoed that and we did South Africa again, which I think that was a pretty awesome trip though. That was an incredible trip that I highly, highly recommend. That was amazing. That sounds amazing. Okay. And also, so I I don't remember if I asked this last time on the podcast, but now you're in a different life setting. So what is Allie's go-to meal these days? Like favorite foods that you're eating? Um, What about meals? I'm a big scrambled eggs girl at the moment. I love scrambled eggs. Yeah, scrambled eggs and like toast with butter. So good. I literally had that today. I was like, it's so So sad. That's like what I've had like every day. Yeah. So funny. That's good though. They say the eggs are really good for the baby. Like totally. Yeah. So cute. So have you what, been having like cravings? Has that been like a craving or just a I honestly, like, I really haven't had cravings. Like I've had just so many aversions that it's kind of like, what can I stand? <laughs> <laughs> I do, you know what? Actually, I have been craving, like, I love watermelon. Like I have like a half a watermelon, like a day. That's so good. Well, they say it's hydrating. Yeah, totally. Super good. And then you had your Gatorade too. So that's really yeah, nice. yeah. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Final question. If you could spend a day with somebody dead or alive at this point in your life, you've never met, who would you choose and why? I've never met. Okay. Um, that's a tough one, Jackie. That's a tough one. I know. Like, throwing, throwing the fire. Yeah. Ball. I'd be like, oh, like, so I'd love to like have my great grandmother back or my, oh, actually I take it back. So I'm um, someone I've never met but I've heard a lot of things about and feel connected to is who would be my great, great aunt Sadie Dow, who came from Lebanon. She actually escaped an arranged marriage, came to the United States, not speaking any English, um, became a successful saleswoman going door to door bought real estate, 
in Boston area and had enough money. She brought her brothers over. So she was very advanced woman for, for that day and age. Cause it was, you know, the early like 1900s, late 1800s. So cool. So you'd want to like pick her. I'd want to, I would, I would want to connect with her. That's so special. Yeah. That. So cool. This has been so much fun, Allie. So share with us again how they can follow you and get in touch. Okay. So um, Instagram, Allie Joyce one, A-L-I-J-O-Y-C-E one. Uh, email Allie at AllieJoyce.com. And there's always my cell, 339-237-0783. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today, Allie. Always so much fun. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Always. Thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in to me coming next on scene. And stay tuned for who's next on scene. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene.